new sermon series. I am so excited about this sermon series. Uh, I think it's going to be revolutionary, and we may never come back from it. I don't know. Uh, so church, church is about family. It's about doing life together. It's about uh, celebrating when times are good and hurting with each other when times are bad. And sometimes it's leaning on each other. You know, if my faith is a little bit weak, that, you know, I can, I can share in your faith and that can help pull me through. Or if your faith is a little bit weak, then I can share some of mine. And that's how we keep going. That's how we go together. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return approaching. And this is what that new sermon series is about. It's about keeping each other going because this world can beat you down. This world can discourage you. And sometimes it's hard to just go forward. Sometimes it's hard to get to the next day. So this sermon series is about keeping each other going. It's about moving forward towards loving each other better. It's about doing good things for one another. It's about encouraging one another. It's about living out Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And you know what? I've come to the realization that that doesn't have to come from me preaching for 40 minutes as much as I love it, and I know you do too. Uh, but it, you don't find that anywhere in the Bible. You, you know, you don't find this rule, thou shalt reach 20 to 40 minutes on a Sunday to, for the edification of the believer. Uh, it, it says that we just should meet together, encourage one another, and build one another up. And a lot of times that does look like preaching, but that's not the hard and fast rule. And because we can all move each other forward. We can all, uh, we can all help build one another up. We can all spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We can all encourage one another. And so that's what this sermon series is. It's doing what we all can do with each other every day of the week, is we can sit down, we can have conversations, we can listen to each other, and we can help each other grow closer to God. So we're going to be having conversations with people in the church, and this is a new sermon series we're calling Conversations, because we're just going to sit down, we're going to have conversations with people in the church about how God led them, or something that God taught them, or God, something that God brought them through, or ways that God changed their life. And hopefully, hopefully through those conversations about how God led them, or brought them through something, or taught them, or changed their life, God will lead you to something. God will bring you through something. God will teach you something. And maybe it'll change your life. In 1 Thessalonians 2.8, I love this verse. It's a verse that means so much to me and is so much about what the Christian life is about and what our lives as a church should be about. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.8, where Paul says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. That we're not just here to share the gospel of Jesus, which we are here to do, but we're here to share our lives with one another. And so uh, we want to say a big thank you to all the people who loved you all so much that they're here to share not only the gospel, but their lives 
as well. So today our conversation is with Delbert and Natalie Lindsay. Um, they've been married for 44 years. Uh, there's, there's, so, let's see, I think I stuck some pictures on there if that's happening. That's 25, 25th wedding anniversary. Don't look that much different. Uh, I think there's another one on there. Uh, and then the grand finale, uh, that's their wedding picture. Delbert was wearing a wig. Um, or that was his hair. We, we don't know. Um, at least I don't. I've never seen him other than as beautiful as he is right now. Um, Natalie looks exactly the same. Uh, and that was 44 years ago. Um, and so would you welcome with me to have this conversation and to share their lives with you? Uh, welcome with me, Delbert and Natalie. And my wife. So we had the opportunity to sit down with Delbert and Natalie uh, this past week and, and hear uh, some of their story over Los Amigos, and, uh, and they're going to share that with you, and we're going to share that together, and we're just going to have a conversation, basically just like we did Monday night, and this is something that is becoming a lost art, is the lost art of having a conversation uh, we're, we're a culture that just can kind of say what we want online and then move on. But, uh, you know, we don't just sit around and have conversations as much as we used to. And so uh, sometimes, you know, conversations, uh, we, we uh, purposefully did not write a whole lot of notes. And uh, we did that because we want to just have a conversation. We don't want it to be an interview. Um, so, that, so that's what we're going to do. Um, so if you don't know Delbert and Natalie, uh, they have been married 44 years, and Delbert's been a bus driver. That's where maybe some of you know him from, and they had, uh, they had the trophy shop and, and a bunch of things. But anyway, we're here to talk about uh, your, your journey together as a couple, so uh, so. When did, when did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? What was that all about? Can I get her water? Uh, when I, we were in high school, uh, I was on the basketball team, and Natalie uh, saw me in the program, and one of my best friends was, was a good friend of hers, and uh, her, her and her friend, Joy Riffle, uh, were looking at the program, and Natalie said, oh, he's cute, and... It got the one thing led to another, and they got my friend, my one of my best friends, to uh, ask, come and ask me if I would go out for Natalie. When we were in the locker room, he came up and he said, "Hey, uh, would you like to go out with uh, somebody?" And I said, "Probably not." <laughs> and he said, uh, "Well, I know somebody wants to go out with you," and he told me who she was. I didn't really know who she was, but uh, he said, uh, "Well, she would like to go out with you," and I said, "Well, I'm just not interested in dating right now." And there was another friend there, and this is his exact words. He said, for crying out loud, just go out with her. You don't have to marry her. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow. So uh, I said, finally I said, okay, I'll go out with her. And uh, it was, it was a, set up on a blind date. We, it was a basketball game. It was a way basketball game at Waverly. And I was on the reserve team at the time. And 
they had what called pep club bus. I think it was like five or six, seven buses that always went to the game. And on the way to the game, the bus broke down. And uh, so Natalie never got there until halftime of the reserve game. Uh, and I ha just happened to make the winning foul shots at the game. But I was really nervous about going on this date. So after the game was over, I stayed down in the locker room until halftime, the, almost halftime of the varsity game because I was too nervous to go up and sit with her. Believe it or not, most people know me now, but I was really backward back, back when I was in high school. That changed after I met Natalie. So, so go ahead. So, t you so tell the story about how you got to, because you weren't real interested in, like, asking Delbert out either. Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I told Joy. Yeah. Joy is Joelle and Kemper. Kemper's yeah. mom, by the way. She was my best friend. Uh, she wanted to set us up, and I said no. All I said was that he was cute. She's like, no, we're going to set you up. And I said, no, I don't do stuff like that. That's not, it's for the guy to ask the girl. But she insisted, and they went and set it up. I, don't, yeah. I didn't want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I, I just, when, you were, when we were talking, she's like, she was telling her, like, no, no, like, you know, how you beg a friend not to ask, I didn't. ask somebody out, like, no, 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 Please don't, do, don't. Like, I, yes, he's cute, but no, 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 don't talk to, like, don't talk to him. Uh, and so, anyway, the, the blind date happened, and it went successfully. Yes, uh, it did. <laughs> so then what happened? So after the game, I asked her if I could walk her out to the bus, the Pep Cub bus. And I'm thinking in my mind, do I kiss her or do I not? And I'm thinking all the way out the bus, what do I do? And so I just made a decision to kiss her. And, and people say this, but I'm telling you, I knew right then that I wanted to marry her. I don't know what it was. You know how people say, you just know? I just knew. So when I got home the next morning, I told my mom, I found the lady, girl I'm going to marry. She said he was crazy. Yeah, she said I was crazy. <laughs> but I just knew. I had dated before. Didn't really care if I dated him or not. But when I kissed Natalie that night, I just knew that's the girl I was going to marry. And Natalie, did you know that you, you were going to marry him? Yeah, I'm on. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great kiss. <laughs> And I wanted to go out with him more, but I had no idea that it was he was thinking that, no. Would that have scared you off if you knew that? Wouldn't have scared me off, no. I liked him enough to try. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't there. So how, how old were you guys when you met then? 16. 16. Oh, you were both 16? Okay. And then how long did you date? Two and a half years before we got married. So, so tell, tell me about uh, getting married. How'd that go? Go ahead. You're the talker. <laughs> uh, we, we dated for two and a half years. Uh, we got married on June 7th, 1975. And uh, after we got married, things changed. Hang on a minute. Go ahead. 
the, so, day, the, the day we got married, my father was standing at the back of the church with me, getting ready to walk me down, and he looked down at me and he said, are you sure this is what you want? And I said, yes. And then I had forgot, but before I got to that point, his mom came in and tried to talk me out of it too. So our, neither parents, neither side of the family was up for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and how old were you guys when you got married? 18. I was out of, I graduated June 1st and got married June 7th. So that was, that, that was quick. And you, and you didn't have a graduation no party? No graduation party. Yeah, because you had a reception. Just a wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you got married 18, pretty, pretty young, and then, and then what, was, what was after that? Uh, dating is a lot different. And getting married. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Here, here, here was my thought. After we got married, things in my mind changed. My mind went from dating to being responsible as a husband. That, that was, that, that was, that's, that's just what completely. I thought my responsibility was now was to provide for my family. Natalie's idea of being married was different than what my, my idea of marriage was. And uh, it caused a lot of problems in our marriage, very early in our marriage. Uh, so what, what, were, what, were the different, what were each other's ideas? I actually thought he should pay attention to me <laughs> and maybe spend some time with me, but it didn't work out that way. He was into working from daylight till midnight. <laughs> but see, see, my, uh, my, it, that was that's what I was taught. That when you get married, your responsibility as a husband is to provide for your family. Even though she was trying to tell me that, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And all I thought was that she was just nagging me about things that was important to her, but wasn't important to me. If I could tell any male in here that's young, get married, is to listen to your wife. Because that just about destroyed our marriage. Because I couldn't understand, I couldn't understand what she was trying to tell me. Even though she was telling me, my thought was, still was, we're not dating anymore, so... My responsibility is to provide for my for my family and for my wife. Even though she was even though she was telling me that, I still didn't get it. And then the things just started getting bad, and they got bad fast. So what what did what did providing look like for, uh, it, for you? Providing was uh, having a place to sleep, somewhere to live. Food on the table, those kind of responsibilities. But Natalie's idea of, of, of it was to comfort her, to spend time with her, to show her that I loved her. I, I still love Natalie. I loved her with all my heart, but I didn't give her, I didn't give her the, what she needed. And, and that just caused our marriage to go downhill really fast, fire out of control. Yeah, and how, how much were you working? 
a lot. I, I worked a lot. I did, you, you know, I, what was you going to say? You went to work at six in the morning. You know, I went to work at six in the morning. I did, I, you know, I come home and I did things, at, I mean, I did the things at home. I mean, I'm telling you, I would never have guessed how different it was from dating to being married. Because I didn't have those responsibilities when we were dating. But when I got married, the responsibilities of providing and taking care of things, it just overwhelmed me. It, it just overwhelmed me, and, and I just, I, I couldn't see it. I could not see it. Go ahead. So thing, things got rough. Real rough. Uh, how did that start? What did that look like? Well, he started um, confiding in somebody of the opposite sex and spent too much time with her. And I could see I could see that he was getting too close, but if I would mention it, then he would just deny it. And we fought about that quite often, didn't we? Yes. Argued quite often. Because he didn't see anything wrong with it, and of course I saw everything wrong with it. I just, I. That's how it first started. I, you know, I thought that was nagging at me, and, and, but I found somebody else that would listen to me. I wish I wasn't up here having this conversation, but if, this, if, if what we're talking about today could save a marriage or save somebody from what we went through, it's worth, it's worth me sitting up here and doing this. Uh, it's embarrassing, but in the same, in the same way, it changed, it changed our marriage too. And uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than don't, don't get in that situation because it, it'll destroy your marriage. It, it, it will. So now where were, where were you working? Work? I was working for the city at the time. Okay. And then uh, I went there, and I, then I went to Elberfels for a while. Then I went to Goodyear. Then when I got laid off at Goodyear, I opened up the marathon station in, in Logan. Now, there's where it really spired out of control because I would go in at 5.30 in the morning, and sometimes I wouldn't come home until 11 o'clock at night. Most of the time. <clears throat> but I was still in the mindset, yes. I was still in the mindset that I had to provide. I had two kids then, so I really had that mindset that I had to take care of my family, and uh, I, st I still hadn't gotten that idea of taking care of Natalie. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just telling you, if, if you don't take care of your wife, somebody else will. Yeah. And, and, I just... and on that note, it's not, it might sound like I'm up here dogging my husband. I'm really not because when he wouldn't pay any attention to me, then I found somebody that would too. So I was spending my time and my energy and my thoughts with someone that would listen to me. So we were both 
obviously wrong, but we were both doing the same things and headed this wrong direction. Now, <clears throat> were you guys, you guys were Christians? Yes. At the time? Yes. And you were attending church during all of this. And then, how did, when you would come to church on Sundays, like, would you feel guilty? Would you? Uh, yes and no. I think Satan tries to cover guilt up. I mean, it was there, but you just shove it underneath, you know. I don't. Basically, you try to hide it. Now, how was your? How was your? Were you spending time with God during? No. During this rocky part of your marriage? Or? Well, I I thought I was, but I wasn't. I mean, when you look back, you're like, I didn't even have time for God because I was busy worried about taking care of myself. Because nobody would take care of me, I thought, so I'd have to do it myself or find somebody that would. I, I did pray the same prayer over and over. For a long time, I prayed, God, get me out of this mess. I, I, that was my daily prayer. God, get me out of this mess. Here, here, here's, here was our church life. We'd go to church on Sunday, but we never spent any time together in prayer. I never opened up the Bible. So I was one of those guys that went to church. And then after we went to church on Sunday, that was it. I mean, we, we grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. She grew up in the church. We went to, we've, we've gone to the church ever since we met together. But to spend time with God every day, that didn't happen. And that's, and that's what destroyed it. That's, that's, where, that's what was our downfall because all we did was go to church on Sunday. We didn't go to church, spend any time with God in between Sunday to Sunday. We didn't sit down and pray with our kids. We didn't sit down and pray with each other. We didn't sit down and read the Bible. We just went to church on Sunday thinking that was good enough. And Satan got a hold of us and, and uh, that, that's just the way it is. I mean, that, that's, that's, that was our downfall. And, and it, I'm just telling you, you have to be in the Word and you have to take time for God every day because if, he, if, if you don't, it, it might not be your marriage he destroys. It might be something else. It, you, it might lead into something else. I don't know. But I'm just here to tell you that if you don't take the time to get in the Word and pray every day, Satan's going to destroy you. That's just the way it is. If you would have told me when, when we got married that either one of us would have been unfaithful, I would have told you you're just crazy. Especially Natalie, I would never ever thought in a million years that she would have done something like that. Uh, but neither did I. But you know what? It happened. We learned from it. We've moved on from it. And if if this changes somebody's marriage, if if it can change uh, anything. We've, all our kids know it. We've told our kids. We've sat down and told our kids about it. Uh, if it can help their marriage, then it, it, it was worth us going through that 
change somebody's marriage or change our kids' marriage, yeah. it's, it, was, it would be worth it. So, uh, so you're working all the time, like all the time. All the time. I go in at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I come home about 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then Natalie's home with the kids, you know, and there, there's nobody really taking care of you. And, and so, and you're kind of confiding in ha- having a, a re- relationship with, with another woman. You're confiding in having a relationship with, with uh, some guy. Uh, what changed? Yeah. Like what? So, so at that point, because you're still together. I, yeah, I mean, so at, at that point, like I think pretty much any of anybody would kind of look at that and go, okay, well that marriage is like over. Uh, They'd be like, what date did you file I, for divorce? I, I thought it was over. Yeah. I didn't think it was over. Right. I still love Natalie, yeah. but I never ever thought divorce. Yeah. I always thought we could get through it. Right. But see, I didn't know the other side, so that's how I... Yeah. That's how I knew that we could get through it. I didn't know that Natalie was thinking of divorce and and leaving me. I I never would have thought that, but she was, but I never never thought divorce ever. I thought we'd get through it. Yeah. But but you, you were thinking it's pretty much over. I was thinking it was pretty much over. Yeah. I was done with it. Yeah. I I actually had no feelings or care about anything. Didn't care about anything. Went completely into numbness about life, anything in life. I did not care. Yeah. (laughs) So what changed? So my prayer, my daily prayer was, get me out of this mess, get me out of this mess, get me out of this mess. One day... Um, he let God led me into my bedroom, and I, I think I'd had just all I could take. I got down on my knees on the floor and started asking for forgiveness, and I just shook. I know people probably think I'm crazy, but it's honest God truth. I shook violently on the floor, shook hard, and I prayed and I cried and I shook, and then when it all calmed down. Um, I told God that if he would save my marriage, put, help me to fall in love with Delbert again, and I would do whatever I needed to do for him. So he told me that I needed to start serving Delbert no matter what. No matter, I mean, we, at that point, we didn't, weren't getting along. We didn't spend any time together. I didn't want to be around him. He didn't want to be around me. So I told God, that's what I'll do. I'll start serving him from that day I got up. And I tried to do everything I possibly could to make his life better. And just little things like taking him a drink of tea or, I don't know, I can't even remember. what Anything I could do to make him feel better. And after about six months or so, I think he finally figured it out. And things started to change. And I started falling back in love with him again. And things were on the right track. I think that when Natalie got on her knees and prayed that day, not only did it change her, but it changed me. Because I realized if I continued the path I was going, that things weren't going to end up well. So 
I knew I had to choose between my marriage and my business. So I decided to sell the business to save my marriage. He, he did not know that I prayed that prayer. I never told him that back then. I just went ahead to serve him and let God change him, change his heart. And God did because God told me, you have a choice. Either you continue the path you're going and work and do the things you're doing and keep it or you lose your marriage. And then that's when I decided it's not worth it. So I sold the business and took the leap of faith and find another job. Yeah. And that's what happened. So, so, you, so God changed your heart before he changed Delbert's heart. And you just decided, I'm just going to serve him. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... I put myself last on, on yeah. pur- purpose, purposefully. Yeah, and, and... Now, what would you say, because I actually asked Brian this after we had met, um, what would you say, because we're in such a feminist age and everything, you know, women, female power and all that, but you're saying that you humbled yourself and you served your husband, whereas a lot of women be like, I'm not serving him. Right. He can get up and get in himself. Right. Well, I didn't wait on him and make, make myself a slave. It wasn't like that. I just looked for opportunities to show him that I was making an effort and that I loved him. And, you know, just, like I said, I didn't wait on him hand and foot. I just tried to make him happy, basically. Yeah, and it's interesting to me that you said that you started serving him and it was somewhere in that process of serving him that you started to love him again. So it wasn't like you prayed and God was like, here, love your, you know, here's special God miracle love for your husband. He said, I want you to work it out. I want you to do the work of serving your husband. And somewhere in there. uh, It was at least six months before I started to feel anything. Yeah. So six months of just obedience basically mm-hmm. of just doing but I was fine with it because I told God that's what I would wanted to do and that's what I would do yeah so I didn't uh, what's the word begrudge I don't know I didn't I didn't hate doing it or yeah. anything like that I just did it yeah I, I wanted to do whatever God told me to do yeah and then and then Delbert when did God really start to get a hold of you? I don't, I have no idea. I, I don't, I, I have <laughs> oh, no I idea. Oh, I did, Promise Keepers. Oh, yes, with the Promise Keepers. With the Promise Keepers in Pittsburgh. Now, Promise Keepers is like what Man Up is, it, kind of. It's for men only, and they brought in speakers, and they had worship. Same type of thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just a nation. Yeah. Uh, how, many, okay. how many of you guys went to, went to Promise Keepers back in the day? Yeah. It was, uh, it was in, in the 90s. Um, 
it was sort of a, a movement of Christian men um, that really started talking about what this being a Christian man looked like. And, uh, and my dad was at that Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh Promise Keepers. Yeah. We had a speaker, I don't remember what his name, I think it was Maxwell. I'm not sure. Maxwell. Yeah, and, and he spoke on uh, marriage. And uh, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about God appointments here. <laughs> And after he got done speaking, I went straight to the phone and called Natalie and told her how sorry I was. Was that a phone call you were expecting? No. Completely shocked me. Completely took me off guard. He said he'd listen to the speaker, and and then he was crying, and he could only get out words every now and then. He said that he said if you don't take care of your wife... Somebody else will. That's what he told me. And now, now, you had started serving him and loving him before all that happened. Well, that's why probably all that happened. Yeah. So how, uh, about how long do you think it was between when God said, I want you to start? Till then? Yeah, till... Do you, I mean, a few years at least. So, so for, because uh, this is amazing to me. So you went a few years of of first serving Delbert before you loved him, and then loving Delbert, and and not really getting a whole lot in return. In return. No. Because I see, I talk to a lot of people that uh, that you know, they're always worried. I would say, well, I did this, I did this, but I didn't get anything back. Um, but what's cool is that Natalie was serving first, then came the love, and there wasn't any kind of. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of reciprocation there. It it was, it took a while. God God gave me the patience. He he gave me what I needed and filled in all the gaps until that happened. Until I'd say promise keepers is where I turned around. Yeah, I completely turned sure. around. I know that's what it, I know that's what it was, and then I realized it hit, it clicked. It clicked in my mind what she was trying to tell me all those years. You, you got to understand, we're not talking about a few years of hard marriage. We're probably talking about 15, 20 years of, of a marriage that was on the rocks. And raising kids at the same and time. And trying to raise kids at the same time. Uh, I, do, I was just too stubborn and too hard-headed to, yeah. to, to listen both, to what she was saying. Both of us. So... It's not like we're, we're talking about a year or two of hard marriage. We're talking about a long time, and we survived that. And we could never have done it without. We figured up the other night when we were talking. It's, it was probably about 20 years, we figured. Yeah, that we just lived our life like that. And, but you got to understand that Natalie and I always had this special, uh, 
spark spark that we just we couldn't let go of no matter what i mean i'm not i'm not saying that we we fought it we we had our good times in those 15 20 marriages we had our good times but then we'd always revert back to the, the way we were like if we'd go on vacation we had a great time or if we go do something we'd have a great time but then we got back to the real world we went back to our ways you know what i'm saying I, i'd go back to work and then it, things would be back to what they were before. Yeah. So. So after Promise Keepers, like, how did your marriage change? Like, what did you change? What did you change? Doing. Why well, he started to serve me, I think. Yeah. I started. So basically, by that time, it was serving each other. Okay. Now, were you, did you when you came back? Were you like, okay, we're going to pray together. We're going to do devotions yeah. together. We're yeah. going <laughs> to. Yes. That's funny how God works. It works because I almost didn't go to promise keepers. Almost didn't. I didn't go. But that that's I did, and my dad went with me. My dad went, and her dad went. Oh wow! And uh, it changed my dad. My dad. Yeah, it changed her dad, and uh, it just that's how God works in your life. He sent me there for a reason, and. Now I know that. Yeah. Well, and and I want to take a second to talk about talk about that. Uh, te- give give a little bit of um, a background on on each of your parents because obviously our parents play into who we are. Um, so how like your parents work work ethic and. And uh, uh, Natalie's dad said something to you that stuck, and and maybe somewhat uh, propel like you know got in your head and, and was in the back back of your mind that uh, Natalie's dad told me that when I married when when I married her that that I was supposed to take care of her. So that's I'm not I'm not blaming her dad. For my downfall, but he he always told me you got to work hard, you got to provide for my daughter, and he would remind me of that a lot, and that's all I could get. That's all I could. It's not an excuse. I'm not making up excuses. I have my own. I, you know, I ha- I have my own mind. I have my. But but when you're somebody, and it was just not only her dad, but that's the way those people that generation was brought up. That you provided for your family as a as a husband and a and a and a father, and that and that's and I took I took it and ran with it, and that's that's what I did. I did that instead of taking care of my wife uh, in the way that she needed to be taken care of. That she needed to be shown that I still loved her, that I wanted to be with her, and uh, I, I just keep saying I, I I don't I don't have no excuse. I just yeah. that's that was the way I. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. So um so you you got married young, you had a long time of a rocky marriage. Uh God changed you first, then God changed Delbert. Um and Promise Keepers, I remember that was early nineties. Um Can I talk about the counseling? 
Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I, when I, I talked to my pastor. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him about that. I forgot about that. At the, my pastor and his wife at the time, <clears throat> we were good friends with them, and I tried to get Delbert to go to camp, marriage counseling with them, and he thought talking about stuff like that was dumb, and he, you know, he wasn't into that, which I'm sure is a man thing. <laughs> So I decided to go by myself. So I would go every week and meet with my pastor and his wife, and uh, I told them everything. And it was good to get off my chest because you know I hadn't told anybody. Nobody knew anything about what I was, what I, what I had done or anything. And I asked my pastor's wife, "Do I have to tell Delbert?" And she said, she thought about it a minute, and then she said. Someday you may have to, but, but you will know when the time comes if you're supposed to tell him. So I was thinking in my head, well, I hope that never comes, you know. I'm, that's not one conversation I want to have. And uh, so I went to counseling for a long time. I don't know, probably a few months. I don't know how long it was. And then to jump down the road, several years down the road, and... Is all right to go there yeah. in 2000. Uh, so I'd carried this myself all these years. And in 2000, we had a singing group at our house from uh, a college that was singing at our church, and they needed homes to stay. And we said, sure, they can stay at our house. So we had people down the hall, young college people down the hall in bed, and he and I were in our room in bed watching TV, and God said, tell Delbert now. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not happening. I have a house. I, you know, I got people down the hall. I got kids down. No, I'm not doing it. And he kept saying, tell him now. And I'm like, really? Not now. I cannot do this. So that went back and forth, back and forth. So finally I gave in and I said to Delbert, I have to tell you something. And then I broke down and cried and I couldn't. Could not say it. Couldn't bring myself to say it. And he's like freaking out because he doesn't know what I'm going to say. What do you think? I had no idea. I, well, you said you thought maybe I was leaving. Yeah, I thought maybe she was going to tell me she was leaving, but I didn't know for sure. Yeah. And we were getting along, so I don't know why you yeah, thought that. We were getting, that's when we were getting along. But she just kept crying and not telling me. And I'm thinking, gosh, just tell me. Okay, go ahead. So finally, this is all I could muster up. I said, I did something that you think I didn't. And he knew right away. Then he knew right away, and he forgave me right away. Instantaneous, he forgave me, and we talked and laughed and cried, and the next morning, he went to work. And he, he was driving school bus, and he came back in between routes. So it was early in the morning, and he came. I heard him come up the stairs. He came in and woke me up. And I rolled over and looked at him, and he had tears running down his face and dripping off his chin. And I said, what's the matter? And he said, he could barely choke it out, and he said, I did the same thing to you that you did to me. And that's all I, I had waited for him to say something like that for years and years and years and years and years. 
Can't even tell you. I can't even tell you what that did for me. What uh, What made you decide today's the day? God. I mean, <laughs> there was no choice. When I, when, there, there was no choice because when I got on that bus, from the time I started that bus till I got there, that was a mom. God was telling me, "Go tell her. Go tell her." It's like He was yeah. doing to her. He said, "You have to do that," and He was gonna, He was not going to let me go. He, he was not going to give up until I went and told her, and then I went and told her. and then. The great part about God is that we both forgave each other, like I said, instantaneous. There was never anger or resentment or anything. It was just like, okay, well, let's move on. I mean, yeah. it really was. He, he just wiped it away. This is, how God, this is how good God is, that when she told me, that made me love her more. I don't know how people, I don't know how to explain it. Is, uh, he, I never got upset, never got anger, still have no anger. Uh, don't even think about it. It, 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 it just does not come to, come to my mind. Uh, and the only way that can happen is because of God. God, take, you know, God, God can do anything, and, that, and, and that's what he did. And I just don't know how to tell you. Uh, we just, I just, it, it never, it, I never got upset at all. Yeah. And neither did she. And people think we're crazy, but yeah. that's just the way it is. Well, and that was, so that was 2000. That was eight, 19 years ago. Uh, and so. He asked me to marry him again. Yeah, so tell us that story. Uh. I don't even know where we were at when or how long. Me? Yeah, We were just in the car. We were in the car, and I said, uh, we need to start this over again. I said, I'd like to get married again. And so we had, uh, we had an exchange student from Brazil at the time. And uh, so we went to our kids and talked to our kids, and uh, we told them that we wanted them to be part of it. That We told them the story that we wanted to start over, renew things, and... Uh, so what we did is we bought new ring. We we have the original wedding bands that we wear now, but between there we got new wedding bands. So uh, Natalie said something to me one day that she wanted to get new wedding bands again, and so we got new wedding bands and we took the Natalie, wedding. I got these redone. Oh, that's right. She got these redone. So what we did is we took those wedding bands. We were going to the Church of Nazarene at the time. Uh, we put those wedding bands that we on a key ring, and we went up to the Nazarene church and we prayed, and then we threw those rings over the hill to because uh, because that symbolized that we were starting starting over. over. And we went away that weekend. So we went away that weekend, and then then we got remarried again. We had over 200 people at that service. Wow. And that was, was that your 25th? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to, we went to California. Uh, had a second honeymoon. Had a second honeymoon. And cool. All the kids were in the wedding. Our son, Coy, married us, remarried us. Yeah. It was candlelight service. It was in our church that we got married in. It was pretty neat. Uh, Jerry and Debbie might even have been at that. I don't know. 
<laughs> and so, so uh, in so 2000, that, that, you know, you sort of had that conversation in, uh, in, at 25 years, you, you got remarried. Um, and so how, what's life been like since then? I just wish our first 20 years was as good as what our second 20 years are because it, it, it completely changed. But you got to understand, our first 20 years, God wasn't involved. The second 19, 20 years, God has been involved in our marriage. So that's the difference. I mean, that's just the difference. Yeah. And what... Uh, what advice, what counsel would you give to anybody out there about marriage in general or a specific, specifically if, if anybody out there is struggling with their marriage right now? If, if you're struggling in your marriage right now, the first thing I'd say is get in the Word and get on your knees and don't give up. You, you just cannot give up. You have to give yourself to God and stop being selfish. Selfishness, to me, is where it all starts. Worrying and being consumed with your own self, your own feelings, your own needs. I mean, God can do anything. And and if you're struggling in your marriage, God will get you through it. He he just will. And and I'm, I'm just saying, if we hadn't been going to church, we probably never would have survived. But just, just us be going to church every Sunday probably saved our marriage, I, I would say. But you can't do it without God. And, and, you, and you're, you're th- if you're out there thinking, I can't, I can't do it, you can. You can. You can't save that marriage. You can fall in love again. Uh, I never did really not fall out of love with Natalie. But I don't, I don't know how to say this. I still loved her, but I didn't. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. I, I never wanted. To, I never ever wanted to give up. But still, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. I, I still don't know how to explain it. But just don't give up. Don't, it, it, you can fight through it. You can get through it. Uh, but you can't do it without getting on your knees and yeah. and staying in the Word. And, and Natalie, for, for somebody out there that is at the point where you were, where you're like, it's over. Um, and maybe today ours is thinking, you know, how, how do I serve? What, what does that look like? And, and how do I keep doing this when, uh, when I don't love this person? What... That's where, that's where the trust in God and giving him 100% of yourself. You don't have to worry about if you feel it or not. You don't have to worry about if he's going to love me back or not. You don't have to worry about any of that because he takes care of all of that. You just give it to him and let him walk you through every day. You can serve and you can love and you can wait. I waited. <laughs> yeah. And not of my own strength for sure. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody showed up at our house one day, 
and said, uh, I need to talk to you. And this per, this, this, these two people said, uh, there's rumors around that Nally's cheating on you. And I said, there's no way. I said, I don't know who's starting those rumors, but there's no way. There's no way she's doing that. And see, I didn't see it. And that, that, was, that was a long time ago. Oh, that, yeah, that was that a long was, time ago. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see the signs. Yeah. I didn't. I just didn't see it. And uh, even after they told me that, I, I, I never, ever, ever thought one time that, that she would be unfaithful. She saw, that, she saw me, but I didn't see her. Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, and then this will be our last question, then we're, we're going to worship for a little bit. But uh, what, what do you do? What are you guys doing, like, right now? What do you do to keep your marriage strong? Here, here's the difference. Now I tell her how much I love her, and I tell her how beautiful she is, and I make sure that she knows, knows that. After we got married, I didn't do that. I didn't make her feel important. I didn't tell her how important she was to me or how beautiful she is or, or how much I love her. And if you don't do that, you will not survive. And ever since then, I do that, right? I'm in. <laughs> what am I going to say now? <laughs> I, I'm not going through that again. I am not going through that again. No. I don't want to lose her. So I want her to know how much she means to me and how much I love her. We, we give ourselves to God every day in our, we have separate prayer time, separate Bible time. We pray together every night. Of course, meals and all that, special times, it's, it's all about God. Yeah. So, uh, God's really just done some Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was laying in bed last night praying about this because I was so nervous. Oh, yeah. It, well, and, and uh, as you share that, talk about, just for real quick, uh, about the last, last few weeks since I asked you guys to uh, share, how, how, how's that been? It's been awful. <laughs> Satan started attacking you on all sides. Top, bottom, and all the way around. He had us, he had us fighting and, and arguing and bickering and not getting along. Nothing major, but you know, just stupid little stuff to to try to discourage us from preparing for this. I believe. Yeah. So when, I, it, yeah. Just so you, so you know, they uh, they agreed to this a while back, but they uh, a f- couple weeks ago they said they. I think Natalie messaged me and said, "You need to be praying for us, because uh, because Satan's just hammering away." Um, and, and so I just wanted to say that, just because that, in a strange way, is maybe encouraging that uh, that one, Satan didn't want this to happen today, um, but two, that that Satan still goes after their marriage. It's not like you know they just yeah 
float in on their cloud with their halos on every day. Uh, that it, it's it's a battle just like we all face. But yeah, I was in bed last night after a prayer time, and this verse came to me. I felt like God wanted me to read it today. It's uh, Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. There you go. Well, thank you. Can you please thank them so much? I, thank you for your, your bravery and, uh, and your, your willingness to share. I, I think, you know, for anybody that is married, um, it, it's good stuff to hear. For anybody who's not married, it's good stuff to know. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to move. We're going to invite the worship team to come up, and uh, we're going to do just a few songs. We're, we're going to do the song, uh, Mercy. Uh, I know it's one of the songs that we're doing, and that's, that's one that uh, they asked for because it was the mercy of God that got them through it. Um, and has, has given them this testimony. And the beautiful thing about, about God is that you may go through something terrible, um, but God can use that to make something beautiful. And uh, these guys have a beautiful marriage. They're beautiful people. And, uh, and I'm sure that if you have any questions for them or want to talk to them after service... Or say how you know my marriage is is just like yours was. How do I get back on track? These guys would uh, love to talk to you, and they they will help you. All right. So if you'll stand with me, uh, I think today we've learned for sure that our our God's worthy of worship um, because our God can can take hopeless situations and breathe hope into them. So we're going to spend just a little bit of time in worship together.